Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out all trouble. Well, 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 it's radical Australian. I've been instructed to ask you to ring now and become a listener sponsor. Nine four one nine eight three double seven. You've got three options. You do nothing and you'll feel bad for the rest of the year because we will make you feel bad you do nothing and there will be will be taken over by a commercial network oh. that's right dale it could happen you do nothing and will become a government will become like the government guild at abc now the great thing about becoming a listener sponsor is it's like a stigmata you know what a stigmata <laughs> is yes. yes it's a red badge of courage that little wound in your side you can actually open your garments and say, look, I am a 3CR subscriber because what you do is you sew in your membership card in the inside of your coat and you flash it at places and they give you discounts. Did you know, did you know that? Yes, I did. And more importantly, you actually get part, you actually, if you bitch about 3CR, this is a great way to Believe it or not, become a bureaucrat. You could become a 3CR listener sponsor. You could actually stand for election. So ring now, 94198377. I want 10 people, 10 people to ring in the next few minutes and become listener sponsors. Look, it's, it's not cheap. It's 75 bucks if you're working, 35 bucks if you're not working, and if you ain't got any money, bad luck. 94198377. How art thou, Empress Dalebridge, Dowager? Um, <laughs> reasonable, Joe. How yeah, are you? Yeah, well, we missed you in action. We missed you in the trenches. I had to put up with Joe M last week. <laughs> you know how tedious that was? Oh, come the boy, on. The boy's got no sense of humour. Oh. I've known him for 20 years. <laughs> it was just terrible. He oh. was so serious. Maybe you're just too funny. Well, no, I think I was, I was kind of not really kind of following the script and he looked at me <laughs> over and over again. I think he's a, yeah, I think he's a snag. <laughs> Sensitive new age guy. Look, let's let's look. We've got a real guest here in the studio. We've got a guest. We've got a guest. We heard her laugh. She's alive. Martina Macy. Hi, Joseph. Joseph. Oh, I like that, Martina. Now, Martina, this is very simple. You and me will be sitting here looking at each other for the next 53 minutes and thinking, what on earth are we doing here? You're dressed in black. I'm dressed in black. Dale's dressed in black. This could be... An Isis coven. <laughs> or or it could be an anarchist coven. Who knows? Or a dark moment in time. 
Definitely a dark moment in time, Martine. I think you win. You have got a sense of humour. Would you like to come on this side and interview me? No, thank you. Okay. All right, Macy, we only asked Macy, Martina, MM, MM, Martina, we only asked two questions. One takes 10 seconds to answer. That's if you're not demented. Can you remember the year you were born in? Yes. Could you tell us? Oh, sorry, 1967. Right, so you're a relatively youngster. Depends on the day. What do you mean, depends on the day? <laughs> well, to, yes, the day before yesterday I was 50, yesterday yes. I was 51, and today I'm 15. 15. So it depends on the day. Right, I like that, that play on the 51, 15, 15. Very impressive. <laughs> Martina, are you sure you're not a comedian? No, I'm, I'd be too afraid of bringing the house down. Which, <laughs> hey. I don't think I can be able to compete here, Dale. This is uh, this woman knows her stuff. All right, here comes the second question. You've got 55 minutes to answer. What is the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? First thing I remember is the first day of school in grade prep. Ooh, what happened? Well, there was... We were all out in the prep area, and in those days the toilets were outside. And what I remember is... One boy, Theo, who... <laughs> yeah, look, we don't mind if he's going to... I'm not going to use his last name. Thank you. Came out of the boys' toilets with his... Under his dad, around his ankles, crying in Greek to his grandfather, that he, and he had some... Um, uh. He had missed the toilet and got his undies. Oh, that's sad. So he wasn't exposing himself. No, no, no. No, His T-shirt was over his yeah uh, was over his private parts. But the the poor kid on the first day of school had soiled himself, and that's the first thing I remember. The first thing you remember in life is male genitalia. (laughs) No, the fact that he had crap on his pants. Oh, that's not a good. Well, a sign of things to come. Yes, it was. It was. Actually. <laughs> right, okay. It was all downhill from there. Yeah, right. That was the big highlight of your life. Um, are your parents still alive? Yes, both. Uh, do you get on with them? Nope. Ah, oh, well, we won't talk about that. That's the end of that one. That's okay. One, one even lives out out of the country. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Well, well, we'll work that in later on. But that's, I always ask, you know, because not everybody gets on with their parents because you're biological. Biologically related doesn't mean you've got anything in common sometimes. Exactly. You can have your biological family and then you can have your family. Yeah. yeah. The ones that you choose to be your sisters or your right. whatever. Mm. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Uh, biological, yes. Biological. <laughs> and adopted. <laughs> and adopted. Yes. How many of each? Um, biological, I've got two, two brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. And I've adopted about 100 worldwide. So. Right, right. You're not one of these Facebook groupies, are you? No, this oh, was a Yahoo chatter. A Yahoo chatter? Yeah. What is a Yahoo chatter? Well, Sounds like a disease. Well, Yahoo chat used to have chat rooms that you used to go into to talk to on air. Mm. And we used to go into a genealogy room and you could... Excuse me, what room? Genealogy. Ge- genealogy. Yes, yes, go ahead. Yeah. And, well, genealogy wasn't the only thing we talked about. I can imagine. So we had our fun playing music and singing yeah, and yeah, cracking yeah. other people's windows and, yeah, yeah. you know, having a ball and adopting each other and yeah, yeah. disconnecting each other. And What happened? Um, well, yeah, he closed the rooms down, so we all immigrated to Facebook. Oh, 
else. So, so there just, was mass immigration. It, it kind of teaches you who's got the power, doesn't it? Yes, and that, it's not us. It's the people who own the platform. Yes, that's it exactly. It. One day you're chatting away, you've got all these adopted friends, and the next day you're an orphan. That's it exactly. Right. And I tell you, I miss my adopted mother, and she's really a hairy ape woman. Hairy she, ape. Woman, yes. What, is she related to a silverback? No, she's a gilla. She's related to the gorillas. All right. Okay. All right. And that was her name, Gilla yeah. the Hairy Eight Woman. Gilla the Hairy Eight Woman. I think we're going to have an interesting um, conversation, Martin. Let's get back to your <laughs> preschool. Was there anything that else that kind of you remember about preschool? No, not really. No, Just no. school was a lot of fun, you know, yeah. typical yeah. Um, being stirred because of who your parents were yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And yeah. um, So where was school? Middle Park Primary. Middle Park? Yes. That's a very nice school. Yes, great great primary school. And it's still, it's still um, going. It wasn't yeah. one of the ones that Kenneth sold off. No, so what, were you living in the... With your parents at that stage? Yes, I grew up in Middle Park. Middle Park, um, what, were you in a housing commission area? No, house. house. My house. father grew up in housing commission. Right. My, my grandmother eventually moved into a housing commission, right. um, what became housing commission. Right. Um, it was originally family care, and right. then through um, re- my father being the local council, when family mm-hmm. care wanted to sell it, he got the federal government to give... Uh, the state government a low interest loan to purchase the houses because it was for low income workers, right. and it's now owned by a whole group around Emerald Hill are owned by the commun- um, public housing. Right now, now you you said something quite radical there. You said that public housing was used for low income yep. workers, not just for people who are desperately seeking accommodation. Yep. You're kidding. No, this was for low-income workers in the area, mm. um, and my grandparents were one of them, so right. they were eligible for it, right. and um, Nan lived in lived in there until she was forty years until she moved into a nursing home mm. two years ago, and she's still alive and kicking at ninety-six. Mm. So. You're saying that we actually cared about low-income earners who couldn't afford to buy into the private housing market, Martina. Are you actually saying that? Yes, we did. (laughs) Radical shit. We did in those days. I mean, Mm. it started in the 1930s. Garden City in Port Melbourne. Right. It was initially started the bank houses, which are the grey mm. houses, were built mm. by the state bank for people who could afford loans. Right. They stopped building, and the housing commission came in, um, fixed the swamp area, and built lots of housing commission houses on on the area, and it became Garden City. And right. then um, my, my father and his parents moved in in the 1940s, early 1940s, and in the 1950s they changed the legislation where people could start buying the properties in Garden City. Mm. But half of those properties are still owned by the Housing Commission, mm. but they are beginning to be sold off gradually. Sold off gradually. So in the 30s and 40s and 50s and <laughs> 60s, the state... Mm. And local councils provided stable, secure accommodation for workers on low incomes as yep. well as people who are on social security yes. benefits. Yep. Radical concept. I wonder what have happened to it. But let's get back to your life. Now, um, what, did you excel at anything at primary school? 
Did I excel at anything? Yeah, yeah, apart from, you know, turning up. <laughs> yeah, Damble. Playing, what? I used to beat the boys at Damble. What? What's Damble? Um, Damble is when you hit the ball down against the wall. A right. tennis ball. Right. And I used to beat all the boys at Damble. Why do they call it handball? At Damble. Don't know. It was just... Don't yeah. know. It, oh. I suppose handball is another terminology. Yeah, it's handball in Queensland. Yeah, it's mm. handball. It's like that boring Olympic sport handball, you know, you see them, you know, which the Scandinavians always win. But yeah, I used to or play. Or the poles. Yeah. I used to play with the boys in primary school. Excuse me. Soccer and football and handball and cricket and the girls were too sissy. You played with the boys. Yeah. So were, you, boys. were you a solid little girl, were you? Solid or? Solid. Did you have a physical presence? Yes, I did. I don't want to use the word obesity, obviously. I was, yes, I was, be, I was large. You were, uh, even as a young yes, girl. Yes, I've you, always been a bigger, bigger person. Person, right. So you, you had a, f- a presence. Yes, always have. Yeah, because boys at that age are really wimpy. I mean, did you notice? Yeah, and I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I used to beat every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that you've got a, you've got a, so, where does a young girl from Middle Park Primary School go to once you uh, graduate from Grade 6? Well, the first school I went to was Joe H. Boyd Girls High that closed down. Uh-huh. Um, after that... I Hang on, how, how long were you there for? I was there for a year. Um, what did you think of that? I didn't like it because I, di- I didn't want a girls' school because I wanted to become a plumber. You played and with the boys and you wanted <laughs> to become a plumber. Yes, and, of course, my parents sent me to J.H. Boyd, which is a girls' school. So they wanted to change your tra- 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 trajectory tra- thank to, you in life. Yes, to secretary or whatever. But yeah, yeah. that was the 70s and 80s that yeah. girls yeah. aspired to. Yeah. Then that didn't work out well for me, so they sent me to another school. Which was where? Presentation College Windsor, a private Catholic school. Well, very nice. <laughs> so you know what stigmata is then? Yeah. <laughs> so, I did put it this way. I live to tell the tale and the school's still standing. Really? <laughs> yes. So, so, tell us a few escapades. Just tell oh, me. which ones? The last day of school when I turned up in, the, in a school uniform of a different school? Drunk. Drunk. How old were you? How old were you? Uh, 14. 14. What, you're grade 10 or 9? No, you're 9, yeah. So what, what had happened was a group of friends knew it was the last day of school. Uh-huh. I turned up in my old... Both J.H. Boyd and PCW at that stage had green uniforms mm-hmm. and they were very similar. Right. And my parents hadn't sold my J.H. Boyd uniform yet, yeah. but they put in my PCW uniform to sell because mm-hmm. it had a blazer, etc. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I went to a friend's house before school. We had a few drinks, drinks. too many. Yeah. Yeah. Turned up to the school and the principal was a nun who right. was four foot zero. Oh! <laughs> And so at four foot eleven, I was towering over her. Yep, yep, yep. And so I turned up, really sort of swaggering. Yeah. And of course, she told me off for wearing a different school. And I yeah. said, "Well, what do you want me to wear? A uniform that's going in for sale, or a uniform that's close enough to get me by?" Yeah. And um, I can vacate the premises now or later. Mm-hmm. She opted for later. Later, that's very nice of her. Yes, it was very nice of her. And I just sort of patted her on the head and said, "There, there." <laughs> and this you would have been all of 14 yes <laughs> and that was the last day of the school anyway so you know the invitation to go back was definitely 
rescinded. What do you mean the last day of the school? I was the last day of the term at the end oh, of the right. year, and I definitely wasn't going back the next year for year 10. What? So the you left school at year 9? No, I went on to a different another school. Another one? Albert Park. With a, glow, with a glowing reference, obviously. Oh, yes, it was so glowing that it was vibrating. Right. <laughs> So I went on, then went on to Albert Park High, which is a mm. co-ed school. Yeah. And I lasted nine months there. You weren't beating up the boys again, were you? No, 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 no. no. Just a few friends of me and my, we sort of wouldn't get there very often. Right. What were you doing? Um, wagging and... Yeah, but what were you doing? We know you're wagging. <laughs> well, we'd go in the city and have lunch and... Oh, well, you're getting ready for a married life, were you? <laughs> yeah, 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 and scarper and then go home and tell our parents we had a great day at school. And right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. You didn't go to Young and Jackson, did you? No, I was too young for Young and Jackson. Jackson. Oh, well, maybe you looked a bit older. No, I always looked too young. I had to take ID till I was 30. Right. <laughs> Uh, a, uh, so I lasted there nine months. Uh-huh. They did eventually bump down the school and rebuild it, but right. that had nothing to do with me going there. <laughs> well, maybe it did. You, just want, you didn't burn it down, did you? No, in my dreams, maybe, but not, not literally. <laughs> right. So grade 10, you, so did you leave school at the end of grade 10? No, I ended up going, doing, going to yet another school. Uh-huh. And what was that? Um, Homes Glen TAFE. And they Very did, nice. did a trade technical orientation program. Well, your parents finally realised that, you yeah, know... that other normal schools weren't working for me. Right. And the technical schools were not co-ed at that stage. Right. But there was a trade course that did Year 11 out at Holmes Glen. And um, so you did Year 11 maths, English, science, graphics, and then you did the trades on the Monday and the Friday. That was perfect for me because I then ended up getting an apprenticeship at... The Alfred Hospital, and it worked hang out on, at Alfred Hospital. Hang on, hang on. How old were you when you got your apprenticeship? Uh, 18. 18. And what was your apprenticeship in? Plumbing. Ah! <laughs> got there eventually. You know, you got people say, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut, and they never made an astronaut, and people who <laughs> want to be a model never made a model. People who want to be dancers never succeeded. You wanted to be a plumber, and you got... There. Yeah. Well, you got to the apprenticeship stage. Yeah. I now, did. don't disappoint me. Did you finish the apprenticeship? I did finish. Right. It took four employees, employers, um, uh, but I got there. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's this about four employers? What's going well, on? Well, what had happened was, was at the Alfred Hospital, they did not want to work with female apprentices. These are the boys? Yeah, and I mean, yeah. they're 60-year-old-plus guys, so they yeah, gave yeah. me a rough time. What, were you hazed or what? Oh, well, well, the first day, just before lunch, one of the guys had made a phone call, came back to me and said, look, we've got to go down the morgue. Right. And I didn't think anything of it. I got down there and there was a diver on the slab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, oh, can I have a look? So the guy said, yeah, surprised, I asked. Yeah. Went up and had a good look. There was nothing inside the woman. Yeah. It was just skin and bone. So I said, yeah. okay, not a problem, let's go for lunch. Yeah. So off to lunch we trot and I ate two meat pies dripping with sauce. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Do you have, he could not eat lunch in front of me for a month. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach the old bastard. <laughs> And then, of course, the next stage was to get me out was they kept putting up nude female posters. Oh, right, yeah. So for every female poster they put up, I put up a male one. Oh, right. <laughs> and at the end of well, the... What year was this? What year was this? This was 1985. Yeah, yeah. And who do you think made the first complaint? They did. Yes, the Be- men. Because of the, because of the male posters. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. That's so pissed uh, Tell me about it. <laughs> so, I mean, I said to the guy, look... Why are they complaining when there's, there's just as many females up as right. males? Yeah. 
for every one they take down, I'll take down one. Right. Feelings and of inadequacy. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. so were you moved on then or a bit later? Yes, they didn't sign up my apprenticeship and the plumbers <laughs> union said, you know, you'll never learn anything because I do not want a female. So then I ended up doing two, a couple of years out of Fairfield Infectious Disease Hospital. Ah, that's a good place. Was yes, a good place. Yeah, it was. They, the men's quite often threatened to throw me over to the Fairly Women's Prison over the back Yeah, end. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you said you'd be, you'd be in good company, did you? Yeah, no, I told them I'd go if they came too. Right. <laughs> so how uh, were you learning anything? They, oh yeah, they were a great bunch of guys. A great bunch of guys, were they? Yeah. More, more like the uh, Alfred guys. Ah, oh, they're much better than the Alfred guys. The Alfred yeah. guys were very you know, ancient and. Uh huh. Uh huh. So mm. were you the only female apprentice at Fairfield? In in the in engineering, but yeah. but there was a female gardener that started a year after me. Right. Right. I think so. people, uh, people, I don't think people realise how structured things were in the seventies mm. and eighties in terms of. Employment prospects, you know. You, so you were a trailblazer. Not really. Lisa Howden was actually the first female apprentice in the state. Right. Um, she did her apprenticeship with her father George. Yeah, well, that's very easy. Mm. You were thrown to the deep end. That's different. I, w- I wouldn't count her. No. Well, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. What being thrown in the deep end? Oh yeah, it's so. Much, I mean, that's a fun way to do it. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I put an ad in the paper for an apprenticeship, and I'd yeah. get phone calls and say, look. I'll meet you at such and such a time for an interview uh, at 21 Johnson Street, Brunswick, and yeah. I'd turn up, and it was a, um, it was actually a car park. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the sort of pranks the guys would play on me, and I'd just turn up and say, okay. Okay, that's it. Uh, Move uh, on. Uh, so you say it took four employers to get your plumber's license? Yeah, I worked for George, actually worked for George Haddon for a couple of years. Right. And then um, the last one I finished it off. And then um, that was, I ended up getting pregnant with my son. Right. We can't do plumbing part-time. No. And I thought, I wish I'd gone into carpentry because at least I could have gone into furniture building. Right, right. Because at six o'clock at night you can't say, look, I'm sorry I can't finish unblocking your toilet. I've got to go pick up my son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them's the breaks. It's the way it happens. So how old were you when you were pregnant? 24. 24, right. So, or 23, I had him at 24, so. At 24, yeah. And now he's 26, so. That's a long time ago. So, yes. So, so I've been there, still, Were you still living around uh, South Melbourne Way? And um, St Kilda. I'd moved to St Kilda by that stage. Right. What, were you flatting or? In a flat opposite the town hall. Right, and were you working or? Yes, I was working in and out, doing different, different like um, working in electrical offices, um, doing, working for Telstra pay by phone, um, numerical Mm. data entry, those sort of things. Yeah, but so who looked after your son? Sounds very difficult. I had family daycare, I used family daycare. Family daycare, right. And then when he was, went to school, I used before and after school. School, so it worked for you. It did. It, it ended up that it, I, I ended up with less cash in my hand working mm. and having before and after school care, but it was better to work than not to. Right, right. Well, obviously the social interaction. I assume what, by this time your relationship with your family had kind of cooled or? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Something yeah. like that. Right, okay. I mean, it made it hard that my father had a son six days older than mine. Uh, 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 <laughs> same Is that woman? with a new mum? No, no, no. That was uh, his, my brother by another mother. 
Right, right. By another mother. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's six days so, older than my son. So he had the Barnaby syndrome, did he, before Barnaby had <laughs> Something it? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they realise how much hard work it is, children? But at least my father married her. Did he? Right. Well, well, they'll get married. They'll get married. He's waiting for his divorce. You know that. Yeah, yeah. So what? He, he kind of, oh, well, happens, doesn't it? It, it happens. Yeah, Slip-ups yeah. happen all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he regrets it? Who knows? Who knows? Who I, knows? Got, I got the brother out of the deal, so yeah. I, I reckon I'm lucky. Yeah. Well, you get on with your brother, your younger brother? Um, yeah, more so. Him, he gets on, him and I get on better than him, right. either of us do with our other siblings. Right, okay. Look, it's uh, 4.28. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. Dale Bridge is doing all the hard work. Uh, she's the Clydesdale and the show pony, Joe Toscano, is asking the questions. We are not interviewing. We are chatting, chatting with Martina Macy, or as I like to call it, Macy. It's a good, it's a good name, Macy. Yeah, my cousin actually named her her daughter Macy. Yeah, yeah. So when she married, so she's they've kept it that side of the family. So what she Macy Macy? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that too. <laughs> Queenslanders may be backward, but not that backward. Uh, what do you mean Queenslanders? Um, oh, they live in Queensland. Oh, well, I understand. <laughs> Look, Dale, do you think we'll ask her to leave now or later? <laughs> because Dale was born in Rockhampton, is no, that no, correct? No, 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 I was born in Brisbane, but Brisbane. I was brought up in Rockhampton. Yeah. You mean Queensland? Dragged up in Rockhampton. Yeah. Queensland actually survived you? No, 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 I survived what? Queensland. Yeah. I, I escaped never to return. Yeah. Oh, you were the yeah. smart one. Well, I was lucky I was expelled by the occupation <laughs> regime in 1976 when I was told I would never, never, never get a job in a Queensland hospital. And I said, oh, beauty, I can go. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. So getting back to you, young Martina Macy. So having a child and working part-time, as I assume as a single parent, Yep. very hard, especially in the 80s. Oh, he was born in 91. 91. Mm. Still hard. There are, but there are people who had two or three children that were single, so mm. they had it harder still. Mm, I was lucky I just had the one. How did you, um, you're in a private rental? Yep. So you're paying rent? Yes. Paying all your bills? Yep. Bringing up your son? Yep. Paying his bills? Mm-hmm. On part-time work? Yep. And how long did that last for? Um, well, I moved into where I moved to community housing in 2000. Right, right. So he was eight and a half when we moved in there. Mm. So what happened between 91 and 2000? You kept paying rent every yep. week yep. and kept working part-time. Yeah, had, yeah. What was your health like during that period? Oh, hell of a lot better than it is now. Yeah, I can see that, but, <laughs> but you, you were reasonably healthy at that yes, stage. Yes, able to you know, do whatever I needed to do and <laughs> right. um, go from A to Z and, you know, right. I'm a lot more active than I am now and... Um, but it just, just it's just kept all caught up with me the past few years, which right. is my fault. But you know, well, we'll, you we'll, know. we'll go into that later. No yeah. self blame on this program. You said you worked in an electoral office. Whose electoral office did you work in? My father's. Your father's. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a bit of nepotism. Well, they all do it. I, I mean, know, it's all legal. <laughs> yeah, but I also worked in in um, in other places as well at the same time. In not just yeah. Like I did, as I said, with Telstra, pay by phone and 
in in other numerical data yeah. entry in yeah. other places. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarities between Barnaby and your dad, but he did it first. Well, as he's I said, a politician. Barnaby's a politician. He got a second wife. Barnaby's kind of the relay. No, this is. Did, did did Barnaby ever chat to your dad about about life before he embarked on his little journey? No, but maybe he talked to um, Bill Shorten. Did it? Yeah, that's right. He's so done. I mean, didn't Bill Shorten get together with the governor's daughter well, and have a move. child, and they were still married to other people? Were they? Oh, sounds horrendous to me. Days of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> a days, our, days of our lives is tame in comparison, Dale, to what happens in the, in the big house. Yes. That's right. Yeah, I've heard. You know, they've got a lot of time really on crazy. their hands. They've got a lot of time on their hands, you know. And, Too uh, much time on their hands. And have yeah. you noticed all those uh, American, I love the American uh, spokespersons for the Groper, President Groper, Ugh. you know, all these young people. But it's just that we're old and jealous, so let's not worry about that. So you said your health began to deteriorate. When did that happen? Oh, it must have been in the past uh, five to ten years. Five. So why did you move into community housing? Uh, because the public housing waiting list was indefinite in, the, in my area. And community housing, the offer with community housing came up first. It came up first. So how long were you on the public housing waiting list? Well, I took myself off it after 20-odd years. 20 years. So when did you first get on the list? Uh, 91, around the time my son was born, and right. I finally took myself off it around 2010, 2011. Right. I was just pointless waiting. Did, did anybody give you a phone call? No. Did anybody send you a letter? No. Nobody no. said, Martina, we're thinking of you? No, <laughs> we're talking public housing. They so don't think of their own tenants, let alone those on the waiting list. Right, so nothing. Nada, zippo. So How did you know you are on the list? Well, I actually uh, rang up two or three years ago to say, hey, look, I've been on the waiting list for 20 plus years. Yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, well, actually, we took you off in 2011. And they took you off? Yeah. And I said, but why? They said, well, we sent you out a letter. And I said, I didn't get it. And they said, well, we sent us to such and such address. I said, well... I moved out of there in 2000, mm. and I phoned you and told you my new address. Mm. And they said, oh, well... You'll have to start again from the bottom. They said I could, I could challenge the, them taking me off mm. because I was meant to do it in writing, not verbally. Oh, right. And they did not tell me that. Mm. And so when they... And I... And I said, well, where would I go in? They said, well, slot you in to where you were meant to be. Mm. And I thought, yeah, right, probably at the bottom of the list. Mm. Mm. So you just let it slide. Might as well. I mean, right. it's an indefinite waiting list in, in the broadband area that I had my name in. Right. So you're now in community housing. Yes. It's a nice name, isn't it? Community uh, housing. It's Sounds a nice very nice. Name for a rot. It is. Excuse me, children. Excuse me. Let's, let's That's what it is. It's a rot. Should we just start calling him Dad? <laughs> sure. No. Well, no. No. No way. No. No, no. Just call me Joseph. <laughs> or Dr. Toscana. I'll, ex- I'll answer to either. So how long have you been in community housing? 18 years too long. Shouldn't you be grateful? Well, it depends if you... If you're grateful for being bullied, threatened of eviction, mm. thrown into debt, almost made homeless several 
several times. Right. Um, then maybe I am grateful for all of that. Now, going back a step, could you explain to people what community housing is? Because we've seen over the last few years this effort by both the government and the opposition to equate public housing with community housing, with social housing, as if they're exactly the same. No, they're not the same. They're not the same? No. What do you mean they're not the same? Community housing is a private, private, not-for-profit, but that not-for-profit they is only means that they don't have any stakeholders. Mm. And any mo- extra monies they have, they tend to put in back into wages and employing more staff, yada, yada, yada. Hang on now, I want to go back. Did you use the, did you use the P word? Yes, I did use the P word. They're private organisations. Private organisations. Yes. I assume some church-based, some uh, corporate-based. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Some are for profit, some are not for profit. Is that well, correct? Well, they're all listed as not for profit. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say they're not for profit considering... My provider has got $85 million worth of um, property mm. in their trust. $85 million. Mm. Provider. You're My a, community housing provider has. And you're a client, obviously. Yes, obviously I'm a client. Uh, or, no, no, you'd be a customer, wouldn't you? You're a client. What are you these days? I don't know. You're not sure. Well, you need to find out. Well, Martina, who you know. knows? Who, it depends on who the te- could so, be so, a tenant. So they're basically private land. Ladies. Private landlords, yes, we yes. get rental They're selling off the public stock mm. to a private housing association. Well, no, they're not no, no, selling you're wrong. it to they, them, they're they handing give, them. They give them the title. Yeah, and yeah. there's, like, isn't there supposedly they have to house a percentage of um, pensioners, but that percentage, uh, mm. the longer they own it, goes down and down That's and down right. to the point where there's yeah. next to no Pensioners living there. Well, we don't want people like we don't want people like that, do we? Yeah, well, that's the whole point of community housing. housing. No, we don't want people like that in community housing, do we? You know, people on social security benefits. No, because the the less money they get in, the less wages they earn. Think about it. If they haven't got stakeholders, where does all that extra money goes? It goes to wages. All right. So, when you first moved into community housing in two thousand and one, two thousand, two thousand, were you still working? Not at that stage. Not at that stage. And what did you think when you moved into community? I thought it was. I thought it was good. It was only the CEO and two other people that ran it part time. Right. If you had an issue, the CEO was, you know, could pick up the phone and speak to her. Mm. Um, and uh, gradually, as the council threw more land and more money at them mm. to build on, um, she got harder to get right. to get to and. The tenancy workers became more bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean they became more bullying? Well, okay, like for example, there was an 80 year old lady living on my property in a three bedroom <laughs> unit by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she lived there with two brothers. One of the brothers had just died, right. the other brother had gone to live with his sister, mm-hmm. and so there was just her. And the tenancy worker had come and was telling her that she, the tenancy worker, was going to move her out of her home. And put her into a one-bedroom, and there was nothing the tenant could do. Mm. And I stepped in and said, hey, look, you can't treat her like that. She's an 80-year-old woman. Mm. So this tenancy worker targeted me. Mm. But they can do that, but they they are are private owners. Mm. They privately own the property. (coughs) They are given the title by the Mm. state government. So it's not like it's public housing or it's government-owned where you've got certain... No, but but the thing is, is mm. you don't target an 80-year-old woman. Why not? They're weak. 
that's isn't, why isn't, you don't. Isn't that, no, that's why you target people. You don't target rich and powerful well, people. Martina, are you mad or something? No, just, I'm just crazy. But that's just me, and I stood up for her, and, um, I, I, and so, of course, this woman targeted me and um, ended up ta- getting me to... I mean, she stood there trying to get into my house, and I said, no, I'm sorry, you can't, you're breaking the act. Mm-hmm. And she stood there with her hand thumb on her phone mm-hmm. and said, if you don't let me in your house, I'm ringing the police. And I stood there on my doorstep, laughed at her, and said, go for it. The police will come and tell you it's a tenancy matter. Mm-hmm. Take me to VCAT. Mm-hmm. She served two or three more notices. Finally, she took me to VCAT, who metaphorically gave her a slap over the wrist and a slap across the face Ooh. and told her that she was in the wrong. And mm-hmm. I rang and spoke, finally got through to the CEO and said, you, if you ever, if that... And I swore at her and said, if that F&B came anywhere near my property in the next six months, I would not be able to control my actions. And I told her exactly what she said in VCAT. And she was not pleased. So that woman disappeared within Mm. two weeks. Is she buried in your backyard? (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought I'd better let her live. (laughs) Well, that's very kind of you. I thought maybe you were going to say you didn't want to pollute the grass. No, well, that too. (laughs) (laughs) too. She might have killed the weeds, which would have been an advantage. So so when did you start getting sick? Uh, Over the past 10 years, I mean, it's just things like arthritis, Mm. Um, my scoliosis has gotten worse. Scoliosis, hang on. Were you born with scoliosis? Yes, had it all my life. But it, How I've bad was it when you were born? Not that bad that I couldn't do a plumbing apprenticeship. Right, yeah, and that's lifted, what I was thinking. You yeah. know, yeah. and lifting an 85 kilo sewer machine on and off a truck. Right. But I worked out how to do it without actually lifting it. So, right. But I worked around that as, as you do when right. you have to deal with heavy stuff. Um, but that's gotten worse. And then, of course, the... The less active I could got because of my arthritis and back problems, the more weight I put on, which right. of course exasperated them. Which so it's a vicious cycle. Right. Um, and then of course I've now got Raynards and fibromyalgia, sleep apnea. I would. It you goes know. on and on and on. Oh, have, yes. have you got blood pressure and diabetes? No, none of that you, event. You lucky woman. That's, I know. That's something to live for. You realise? <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm lucky I haven't got yeah. diabetes. Yeah. Um, they check me every year. Really? I don't eat a lot. To spot my size, I don't eat a lot of sugar, sugary stuff. Mm. My downfall is um, deep fried. Yeah, that's everybody's downfall. So how do you get about? Um, using a walker or um, walking sticks. Right. Um, I've got... Luckily, so how long have you been using walkers or walking sticks? Well, or? the walking sticks I've been using for about a good five, six years, the walker right. for a year or two. Mm. And I, it depends on what I need to do. Like if I catch taxis, mm-hmm. I tend to use walking sticks because the walker doesn't always fit in the in the, in the back because it's a bigger one. And there's the gas so one yeah. in the back, yeah. And um, the trams at the each end of my street are the old-style ones with the four steps, mm-hmm. so I can't use them. Right. So um, luckily I'm opposite a community bus. The city mm. of Port Phillip has a community bus, right. and I use that to get myself to a super tram stop and then use trams to get into things I've got to do. Like I'm coming here today. So what, yes. what time do you leave home to get here? Well, I actually caught a cheated and caught a taxi. Oh, that's all right. Hopefully, it, hopefully got a half-price ticket. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. good. Got a half-price card, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I try and fit everything around the community bus to, to limit how much I spend on right. taxis. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's... Like, like when I go into... Um, 
Parliament House every Wednesday once a month. Oh, yes, for the yep. rallies, yes. Yep. I catch a community bus at, to the stop at the front of my landlord's place. Right. And hop on that and go in and get in the stop yep. opposite. I get off. And then I catch the tram at a certain time, make sure I'm on it, and then I can catch a community bus home. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought when you said you went to Parliament House on a Wednesday, I thought, look, she's two-timing us. You're the only one I go, would go to Parliament House for. Well, thank you very much, because, you know, the next rally's next Wednesday. Oh, it's Which, March already uh, next week, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 7th of March. You'll be out there, will she, you? So, oh, yeah, uh, yes, I've been that many, three times day? in a month I'll have been to Parliament House. What for? Well, the second one was I spoke at the Public Housing um, Renewal Program. Oh, right, excellent. As a community housing tenant to say what, uh, disadvantages. Uh, so you actually spoke to the committee? Yes. What was that like? Tell us about that. Oh, it was so much fun and interest, of course. Yeah. You know, I just talked off the top of my head because it was easy to deal. Yeah, yeah. And so they asked. Could you, t- t- you explain to people what's happening in the Legislative Council? Um, well, it's just a group of... It was a group of people, they're trying to um, ascertain about the sell-off of the, the, the lands, public housing lands. Mm-hmm. But, but it's pu- not just a group of people, is it? No, they're parliament, politicians. Me- members of the Legislative yes, Council. sorry. Yeah, which can actually block, which has blocked the legislation. Yeah. Yeah. So, and another thing, I, I wanted to go there to be, to explain the situation right. as a community housing tenant, the effects mm-hmm. that community housing has on people like myself, other people who live in community housing, because as um, Steve Stakos, the former communications officer of the Community Housing Industry Association of Victoria, stated each community housing provider is an individual business with their own policies. Yes. So you, it, each one, it's different. Right. And housing justice, even who who go to VCAT, etc., for tenants mm. have stated exactly the same thing, that they have to learn the policies of each of the mm. community housing providers. That so when, to, when, you know, when you went to the Legislative Council Advisory Committee and, and spoke, did any of them ask you any questions? Yes, they asked about what, like, which was my housing provider. Yep. Um, and oh, I can't remember a lot of the questions only because... But they did ask, they were interested. They, they were they, very their interested. Eyes, their eyes didn't glaze over. No, right? their no. eyes didn't glaze over. They asked me a lot of questions and mm. um, about it and, like, I was explaining the differences between community mm. housing and public housing and how easy it is for them to... Um, they Blur cherry, just, yeah. they cherry, cherry pick, pick yeah. where they have um, policies but they may not... They may target one tenant for the policies, but not another tenant for policies. Mm. So, and that's what they've done to me on several occasions. Mm. And if I hadn't been known what their policies were, I wouldn't have. Been, I'd be homeless now. Right. But for the fact I knew enough of their policies to be able to stand up and say, "Hey, look." So, are you are you on New Start, or have you been? I'm trans- on disability. How long have you been on disability for? Just I'm trying to think, 2008, 2009? Mm, very fortunate. You wouldn't, wouldn't be on disability today with the changing criteria, I can assure you of that. Oh, no, I, I know. I was, um, I was lucky. I in, was uh, For a couple of years, I was on um, New Start yeah. incapacitation. Right. And it got to the stage that the provider, job provider that they sent me to in Chapel Street, mm. um, opposite Channel 10, they're a great bunch of people there. They, they 
really tried hard to find me a job that I could do. Mm. Um, so they, they were one of the very good providers. Mm. Um, and it got to the stage, they just said to me, look, we can't help you. Yeah. We cannot get you a job because I, you know, there's, um, can't sit down for, for longer than mm. an hour or two hours. Right. You know, I've got numb hands, which yeah. make it difficult typing. Yeah. Um, which is issue, you know. So um, they actually pushed me into. They filled out the forms for me right. for disability and said, "Look, uh, you take it to your doctor. We can't help you." Yeah, because you know why they're so ni- they were so nice. Because they didn't want to. Well, because you weren't making money for them. No, of course not. Because what actually what happens is they get a fixed amount to place you, mm-hmm. and they'd never placed me, and they never placed you, so that money had run out. So you're a a loss, okay, well, what they call a loss liability. Mm-hmm. So it was in their best interest to, to get rid fill of out, me. get rid of you. Sorry, it's okay. I'm sure that I'm sure the caseworkers were exceptionally nice people, mm. but that's what it was all about. It happened. It used more to happen. Than, more than now, now, now they can't get away with it because they can't, mm-hmm. people can't get disability support. Pension. Now you used the R word before. You had Raynard's syndrome. Yep. Could you explain to people what Raynaud's syndrome is and how it affects you? It affects the nerves in your arms. And, and, and you, you were born with This is a genetic issue, is it? I don't know. I don't think so. I no. know I, it only came, it only started happening about five, six years ago. Right. Where I had um, the nerves up and down the arms. Mm-hmm. Used to, it was like ants were running up and down them. Right. And my hands were, would fr- uh, get frozen, e- even in the middle of summer. Yep. Like we had a 41-degree day the other day. My hands were frozen. Yep. And you touch someone and your hand, they'd jump because your hands are so cold. So I've, I've actually learned to touch my face before touching anyone, mm. just in case, because they jump. And that's well, when you hugged me at the last rally, um, you felt quite warm and alive to me. Well, that, that was your beautiful big bear hug, <laughs> right. Joseph. Thank you. What do you expect? You warmed me to my soul. Well, there well, you go. There you go. No, well, but you're quite right. It is quite, it's one of these silent disabilities. People can't see it and they think, well, what's she bitching about? You know, it's warm. Why is her hands, why can't you pick things up? Why is she always, hands always cold? Why is she always complaining about pins and needles? Yes, and, and that's separate to the numb hands I've got. Yeah. Because Raynard's is one thing, numb hands is another, and mm. fibromyalgia, which mm. I've got, is yet different again. Well, tell people what fibromyalgia is. That's a very fancy name for what? You're being in constant pain. Exactly. Chronic and, muscle pain. You know, I've, I've also got a hernia now, and um, mm. I rang to, I, I had pain at seven. Mm. And like the nurse on call said, what's your pain level out of 10? I said, oh, it's a 7. Mm. And he said, why are you a 7? I'd be, ba- I'd be buckling. I said, well, I've got fibros. When it's 6, it's nothing. Mm. Mm. So when it's a 7, I know there's something wrong. So you've got a hernia and you're getting yeah. pain 7. Yeah. Had, have you had the hernia assessed? Yes, and until I lose weight, they won't. Fix it because they're frightened you'll die on the table. Yeah, and so I'm. I'm I've actually <laughs> lost 15 kilos in the past um, couple of months. You mm. might not have noticed it, but I know I I right. feel it. Mm. Um, so I'm sort of trying to wean myself down to their fear so that I can then get right. it fixed. Right. So, can I ask you a personal question? How much do you think you weigh? More than enough. More than enough. In yes. other words, in other words. And how much are you aiming to lose? Half, half of me. 
They want you to lose half of them. I before. want me to lose half of me. How about them before they operate? Um, they want me to lose a good 40 kilos. Right. So I'm getting down, I'm getting, and that's, um, inclusive of the 15 I've lost. Right. So no, I've still got me. 25 to go, but I, what I do is I'm not using the 25 figure. Mm. I lose five kilos and then I give myself a reward. Right. Then I lose five kilos and my goals mm. is five kilos at a time. Right. I found for me that is working after mm. years of trying to diet and saying I've got to lose 40 kilos, which is a huge mm. number. It is huge. Break it down into, for me, into a figure that I know I can lose, mm. whether it be a week or two weeks, and I'm finding I've worked out my eating habits and I've worked out which works well for me. Mm. So It's only taken me 51 years to work it out. Well, that's fair enough. What type of uh, foods are you now not having that you used to have apart from deep fried? Well, I mean, the deep fried is I get once every two or three months when mm. I've lost enough to yeah. know that I can have my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right. Um, Excuse me, this is 3CR, we don't do commercials When you have sorry. deep, deep fried southern chicken with yes. nine herbs and spices <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's it No, 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 I'm just sorry. pulling, just pulling <laughs> your leash yeah, I don't right. have a spare leg for you to pull uh, No, no, you don't <laughs> Sorry no. no, this is getting R-rated for Dale, can we censor that please? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... I, sometimes I do not know what's going to come out of my mouth until my ears hear it. Right, right. I hope that, hopefully you didn't uh, kind of shock the legislative council mob, you know. They no, are our politicians. I know. I didn't shock them because I have this focused on, uh, focused on, on one topic. specific topic, yeah, right. whereas here we're doing multiple topics, mm. which when that happens... Mm. Well, as you've guessed, you know, I think, you know, yeah. you're right, maybe we should have changed seats at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. I mean, look at the colour of his face, isn't it? The colour oh. of a tomato. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're not calling me the bonking beetroot, are you? Well, you said it, not me. <laughs> oh, Dale, this is, this is getting a bit personal. You're you know? digging your own hole, mate. <laughs> yeah, my own grave. Should, yeah. should I have bung the shovel along with the broomstick? Yeah. He's doing all yeah, right. He's doing everything. <laughs> The bonking beetroot, I love it. That was the best we had. We had somebody ring up through talkback, and they said they were talking about the bonking beetroot, and I said, "What? What? What?" He said, "Don't you know what I'm talking about?" <laughs> were they talking about you? No, no, they're talking about our friend Barnaby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> penny drops. the penny drops. <laughs> so, wh- why are you? I mean, you've got all these health issues. You've got all these issues with your uh, community uh, housing provider. So why have you decided to put your hand up and get involved in the public housing struggle? Because there's always somebody worse off than yourself. Right. And you think people are worse off than you? Well, put it this way. Um, if the community housing groups get their hands on the public housing properties, mm-hmm. where are people meant to go? Look at the UK, where community housing started. Look at how many, when they've been throwing, I mean, the Greenfield um, tragedy is a prime example. It was council-owned, mm-hmm. community housing managed. It was a community housing group that put the um, cladding. cladding on. And you know what they said afterwards? Well, we will only rehouse the tenants that lost their homes in that disaster if we can charge them double the rent. You're kidding. Didn't know that. And they expect the government to 
make up the shortfall. Of they course put pressure do. on the government at that particular point in time. Yeah. They're using it for their own commercial advantage. Of course. So how do you think this struggle to stop the privatisation of um, public housing in the state's going? Because, see, the government doesn't care. The opposition doesn't care. They're only, <laughs> they're only care at the minute because, you know, it's, it's in their electoral advantage for them to block in legislative council. But their policies are very simple. They want to privatise public housing. So how do you think the campaign's going? I know you do a lot of work for the campaign. You do a lot of research and a lot of computer work. I wish it was going better than what it is. I wish that politicians would understand why we can't privatise public housing, that um, community housing isn't working. Uh, but there is... There is a need for community housing, but not at the expense of public housing. Right. You can, and the government should not be funding it, no longer be funding groups who, um, who use the money on wages and overheads. Mm-hmm. They should not be giving these groups titles to properties that they no longer need. They should not be funding giving them money to build mm-hmm. when they can't won't build themselves and look after the little people that the community housing groups won't take. It's just a huge tragedy because we're having a lot of difficulty punching through because nobody actually thinks that housing is an issue. They don't want housing to be an issue for this state election. And that's that's why we, uh, you know, I invited you in because, you know, you've been a great stalwart for the uh, public housing movement. And well, I try, I try, all I can do is try my best yeah. and be a voice with many, and mm. that's mm. all I can do. Mm. Um, and I'm just not the only one. I'm like with Fiona Ross, yourself. Mm. Mm. Um, there are others like, um, and I'm trying to think of his name, and he's also mm. in for saving public housing. Mm. Um, but we're not a mass movement. That's why we need people out there who believe that people should have the right to be housed as as a as a human right, mm. and who to join us in this uh, struggle to um, save public housing. So the next rally is on the seventh of March. You can go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing uh, Facebook page, become a friend, have a look. Uh, but the thing is, we need your feet on the ground. It's that simple. We need as many people on the ground as we can get. That's right. Um, we need to band together. Every group needs to band together. Yep, which and, is happening slowly. And, yep. and do that so that we can then march and be more of a force mm. with the more voices and feet and hands we have. It doesn't matter which groups you're with, mm. but if we come together as one huge one, um, we're not all individuals mm. or small 16 small groups. Yep. We're one huge voice. Thank you, Martina. Macy for coming in. It was a pleasure talking to you. If we Likewise. Had, if we had more people like you in the world, we wouldn't have the problems we had today. And I'd mm-hmm. like to congratulate you on the strength that you are showing despite all the uh, issues that you've got to face with on a daily basis. So congratulations, and it's a pleasure to have you on board for the Defend and Extend Public Housing Campaign. Well, thank you. Thank you for putting up with me. Well, we don't put up with you. You put up with me and Dale. Thank you very much. All the best for the future, and we'll see you on the rally on the 7th. Definitely.
The river in the valley. 